Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Now let's get to the episode. 
Hi guys, first on the line, we've got Skylar Parker on, coming in from the great state of Indiana. Very excited, Skylar, to have you on, dude, because first off, you killed the hell out of some turkeys so far this season. We're going to talk all about it and what's helped you be successful, but to kind of kick us off in Indiana, uh, first off, how's the gobbling activity been uh, since opening day of last week? Oh, it's been pretty good. Um, we had a lot of, we had four inches of snow the night before the opener up here, um, and the turkeys still gobbled. It takes, it takes a pretty crappy day for a turkey not to gobble up here. They usually tend to gobble pretty good. Dude, y'all can keep that snow. Just keep that up there. I'm good. Yeah, good with where we're at right it's now. It's pretty when it, when it it's pretty, but man, it's cold. It was 18 degrees open morning. Yeah, killing a turkey in the snow, that'd be something interesting, but no, it's nothing I want to experience quite right right now. But, dude, I want to kind of get over it. I'm curious because, again, you know, you've had quite a bit of success this uh, spring. I think you've said uh, you've killed, before we hopped on or started recording, you've killed so far seven turkeys this year, and you travel, hunt a bunch of different states. Um, so that, that's really interesting because I'm interested in kind of seeing what's helped you be successful. But before we get to that question, uh, the turkeys you've been hunting in Indiana, have they been fairly hinned up or flocked up at this point in the season, or are you finding more lone gobblers right now? Usually this time of year, I mean, they, a gobbler's got 10, 12 hens up here strutting in the field. But this year, I've we found a lot of lone gobblers. I mean, all throughout the day, just walking around, driving around. All right, perfect. And kind of getting over, I want to talk a little bit more about habitat. The area of Indiana that you're in, what's the habitat like up there um, that you're kind of hunting in? Is there anything specific habitat-wise these turkeys really like to stick to early on in the season with what we're experiencing now? Uh, they like these, they like the green fields. They like the ag fields. I mean, they're you can drive around here and you're gonna see turkeys in the field. That's just that's where they go to hang out. Um, so I guess we, you find them in a lot of wheat fields before it gets real tall. There are a lot of field turkeys up here. Yeah, big agriculture. So yeah, that makes plenty of sense. Yeah. And, I'll, and this is what I'm real curious with, and I want to kind of go down the rabbit hole in this. You've killed seven turkeys so far this year. You know, hunt a bunch of different states. First off, what's helped you be successful this spring? You know, kind of staying consistent. I know you, you had, I know you posted one video of you missing a bird. Uh, I guess I'm a few weeks back. Not trying to bring up any old memories. Do you trying to you know repress that? <laughs> but um, you know, what's helped you be successful this season? And, and let's kind of pick it apart because I want to kind of figure out a little bit more about you and, and what's helped you you know be successful this season. Uh, I think uh, this year I took a little time, more time, uh, really looking at maps and. Uh, just going off what I've had success finding turkeys in in the past uh, down south because it's, it's a lot different when I travel and I get into terrain. I mean, like I said, it's flat up here. So it took some learning, but, I mean, once you get the hang of it, it's no different than anything else. Just go. I just I spent a lot of time scouting before I even showed up to a property this year. That's something that I really kind of lacked in the past, and it's it's paid off. <laughs> Now, let me ask, from the turkeys that you've been hunting in a bunch of different states you've been hunting this spring, I mean, have, what kind of situa what kind of situations have you dealt with? I'm sure probably a little bit of everything from, you know, some tough goblin birds to, uh, you know, probably birds that just came in on a string. But, you know, has there been anything consistently that you've been kind of dealing with that you've been able to piece apart to really kind of fine-tune what you've been doing to help you be successful? Uh, just being patient, being a lot more patient than I have in the past. I mean, I'm – I like to be aggressive, but sometimes I'm I'm too aggressive and I want to I want to blow through a trail or something. And I mean, just walking don't get you nowhere when you're not calling or nothing. I mean, I bumped a lot of turkeys in the past, and just patience. I mean, I just was patient, and I'd find a turkey and just kind of hang with him and be patient. I mean, I'm, when I travel, I'm only looking for one turkey. I'm not looking for seven or eight. You know, I don't. It doesn't bother me to only hear one turkey because that's all I need. So. 
Well, I want, let's talk being about patient, not being overly aggressive. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because on this last week's episode, uh, we had, or this, I guess, past Monday's episode, we had uh, Steve Grace on, and he talked about, you know, patience is great, but you could be as patient as you want on a property with no turkeys, and you're not going to see or hear or kill a turkey. So, how, yeah. do, how oh, does yeah. how does patience play a, f- a factor for you with while you're implementing your scouting? You, know, you talked about you added a lot more scouting to your regiment this year compared to what you did years past. How does the patience factor, along with your scouting play factor, put yourself in the right position so you're not just hunting a spot and being patient for the hell of it, but you're not hearing any seeding turkeys because you're not in the right area where there's no turkey sign? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did. Uh, Mississippi, for instance, I hunted. Uh, I, I went down a couple days early and I scouted, and I heard a turkey, and that's the only turkey I heard for I think three days is what I scouted. So I, I just I didn't feel good about that spot. I, I went to a different spot. I traveled. I think I I went from the northeast corner of Mississippi all the way to the southwest corner of Mississippi. If I if I wasn't finding any sign, I mean I'm not gonna obviously I'm not gonna stick around and hunt where I have no sign, not a turkey goblin. I mean move around. I moved around a lot and it just just be mobile, I guess. Being mobile helps help me. Now let me ask, what is your strategy when you're hunting a bunch of different states and you're there just for one bird? You know, what is your different strategy as you're hitting different properties, whether it's public land or private land? How do you approach them and how do you go about, you know, putting yourself in the right position to kill a turkey as quickly as possible so you can move to the next state? Oh man, I just I look for a lot of luck, honestly. <laughs> I'm trying I'm, try, I'm trying to pull out the meat and potatoes of this man. I don't know, you might not want to share some of this dude, but we got we gotta drop some meat and potatoes on this episode. I mean, I'm just, I've been pretty fortunate uh, when I went to these, these pieces of ground. I've, I'm going in blind, and I'm just, I've been real fortunate to hear turkeys, and I, I've just stuck with them turkeys and eventually found out a way to kill one. I'm going to throw you a curveball on this one just because I'm curious, and it's kind of a little bit of a joke, but kind of serious as well. How much does Facebook <laughs> and what you hear about Facebook with different properties play a factor with how you move and how you uh, travel in pinpoint areas that you might try to go in blind on? Oh, it's it's pretty big, man. I mean, <laughs> I pay I pay attention to all that stuff, all the videos on YouTube. I mean, uh, I mean, if somebody's showing them on X Map, I'm pausing it and I'm gonna try to figure out where it's at. I look at I look at a lot of stuff online, the harvest by county or harvest by WMA, and just kind of go off them numbers and. But Facebook, I mean, there's there's a lot of people that give stuff away on there, and it's it's helped me in the it's honestly helped me in the past. It's put me on turkeys. Man, I'm glad we're on the, I'm glad we're on the same page on that. I, I I didn't know how you were gonna I didn't know if you were gonna answer that truthfully or not, and if you weren't, I, I might have would have tried to call you out on it. But let's be honest here, Facebook yeah. is a huge resource when it comes yeah, to traveling. I don't. It doesn't make sense to me what people, some people say on there, but oh well, my mama don't even know where I'm hunting half the time. <laughs> Awesome, Skyler. Well, hey, uh, thanks again for coming on for this week's Strut Report. Appreciate the good info. Hopefully, guys can go out there, implement some of these different things that you've talked about, and just get, be a little bit more prepared when they're in the woods. You know, spend some time scouting, especially, you know, some of our Midwestern uh, listeners or some of the guys up in the Northeast uh, whose season's just now coming in or, or coming in the next week or two. Um, you know, definitely, you know, scouting is going to be a huge part for you to have some success and find where you need to be instead of just hoping and praying that you find a goblin turkey, okay? Because not yes, all turkeys want to be goblins, so you need to find where they're at ahead of time and get in there and kill them but Skylar thanks again for yep. coming on this week's short report dude and best of luck to you for the rest of your season I appreciate it thanks 
All right, guys, next on the line, we've got Adam Jones joining us again, but not from the great state of Louisiana this time. He's actually up in – well, now you're up in Iowa right now talking to us, but you've been hunting Missouri and now Iowa over this last week. Uh, killed your bird in Iowa today, and you've been uh, killing some turkeys in Missouri. So we're going to talk all about uh, what you all been experiencing up there. But to kind of kick us off, Adam, uh, first thing I want to talk about is what's been the gobbling activity – uh, both for Missouri, where you've been hunting the last you know week or so, and also Iowa as of today, and, and uh, what you've been experiencing. Uh, Missouri was was great. Uh, birds got was real good. Uh, uh, south, uh, let's see, we were in southeast Missouri first. Uh, birds got was excellent. Uh, they were definitely they were huge up some, not as bad as they was in northeast Missouri. Uh, we was able to kill a bird Friday. Uh, caught him out in a, in a field, and when he seen, he's kind of eased up in the hardwoods. And we made a loop around and set up on him. I think from the time I hit the record button on the camera to the time we were, you know, high fiving was 12 minutes. So I mean, it was a short, sweet, you know, how you normally like turkey hunts to go. And then we moved up to northeast Missouri. And the birds are gobbling real good on the limbs, and then you're lucky if they'll give you three or four gobbles on the ground. And it made it it made it some sort of rough. Uh, we were seeing a lot of birds out in the open areas that were that were bad hand up. And if you wasn't you know if you wasn't in line with with how they the direction they were wanting to walk or where that bird wanted to be, you know we were just wasting our breath. So the bird I killed yesterday uh, in northeast Missouri. He gobbled a few times on the ground. I started calling to him, and then he gave me one more goodbye gobble, and he done got you know, just about out of out of hearing distance. And you know, I got my got my phone and looked at uh, I got the hunt stand app, was looking at the country and and seeing where he you know was headed towards the pasture, and I he's up to the pasture, and he was out there strutting with a uh, thing. He had three hens with him, and then, you know at that point it basically just turned into a to a, spot and stalk uh, you know i slipped out of my vest and binoculars and, and just kind of watched them a little while the direction they were were headed and then slipped around and just kind of more or less waited on him but all in all the birds have been been gobbling good in the limb now when we got up to iowa uh we only heard one bird on the ground this on the limb this morning in iowa but uh, I don't know, 30 minutes or so after fly down, they, they got to going good. Uh, the guy I'm with killed one right off the bat, gobbled two or three times coming in, coming into a decoy spread. And then my bird, uh, we had a thunderstorm roll through. About 12 o'clock, big clap of thunder went off, bird gobbled. Uh, I was able to move and get, get up in the general area of him and start calling him. You know, he just, he went nuts after that. that. That bird gobbled. You couldn't ask for a better, you know, better turkey to gobble. I think all in all, in all from the time I first heard him, the time I killed him, I worked at bird for about an hour and 20 minutes. And he was, he was gobbling the whole time, so. Now, Adam, what you've been experiencing both in Missouri, which you've hunted a bunch of different spots in Missouri, uh, kind of jumping around while waiting for Iowa to open up. Uh, but from what you experienced in Missouri and also up in Iowa, you know, how has these turkeys been, you know, have they been fairly hinned up and flocked up right now? Uh, and you mentioned that in one spot of Missouri, but, uh, or are you finding a lot more like this lone gobblers? And I'll let you kind of piece that apart for us. The, all right. So up here in Iowa, the, they're, I don't think they're, they're 
which is first time I've ever been up in Iowa, so I'm not real sure as far as the timeline of when these birds are hinned up when they when they break up. But I was I could see a lot of ground this morning where I was hunting, and I seen a pile of hens just out by themselves, you know, feeding around through the cut corn fields and some little old meadows and stuff. Uh, the bird Bruce killed, he come in on his own, and the bird I killed come in on his own. So either they've already busted up or, you know, they haven't got to that point yet to where, you know, where they're, they're hinned up bad yet. Now, northeast Missouri, they're just, they're hinned up awful right now, at least where we were at. And then uh, southeast Missouri, somewhat hinned up, but not, not that, not as bad as it was up in the northern part. Now let's talk a little bit about habitat. What kind of habitat uh, have you been bouncing around from in Missouri? And is there anything specific these turkeys are really sticking to that you notice down there? And the same thing up in Iowa. South, uh, southeast Missouri was, was mainly ag, uh, ag and, you know, small blocks of hardwoods. Uh, and then when we moved up to the northeast, it was, uh, it was all creek bottoms and hardwoods and then up here in Iowa it's all it's all ag field and the birds are sticking to the uh the cut cornfields and like the open open meadows. A lot of the well, you know, what I'm calling a meadow up here is basically like a cow pasture but there's there's a good many cedar trees and uh it looks kinda like our broom sage back home has grown up in it and the birds are, a lot of the hens I've seen today were out out milling around in it and then the uh, gobblers, you know, we've seen, and both ones we killed were in were in cut cornfields. All right, and let's talk a little bit about what's been working for you guys. Now you've been in Missouri again for you were in Missouri for quite a few days, and then just now up in Iowa. What's been working for you guys, both in Missouri and Iowa, and has it been anything you've been doing that hasn't been working that you've had to change and modify since you've been up there? Um, you know, south. Southeast, when we're in that part, basically, you know, I hunted it just like a wood back home. You hear a bird on limb, you go to him, set up, and call, and it worked. It worked for us down there. Problem we ran into down there, we didn't have enough ground to really go after the birds like we wanted to. We had two. We were hunting private. Both of them were about 120 acre blocks. Just you know, it it don't take much time to cover it. So the birds pretty much had to be on that for us to hunt it. But now when we moved up to northeast. Uh, you know, I tried the same thing like I was doing, you know, everywhere else. I have been all year long. Hear a bird on limb, go to him, call to him, you know, and, and go from there. But them hinned up birds up there, you know, one of my other episodes when my, my daughter killed, I said I was real reluctant to call to a bird that had hens with him because they would just turn and, and go the opposite direction. And that's what I ran into in, in, in the northern part of Missouri. If I, hit a, if I had a bird gobbling on the ground, and I called to him, and them hens were taking him the other way. And uh, it it made it rough. I put a lot of miles in, put a lot of hours in by trees. Uh, and I just, basically, I got real lucky the other morning with that bird. Uh, it was a, kind of a block of hardwoods that, that was surrounded on three sides by a big, big pasture. You know, I just kind of... I had him course which way he was going when he was gobbling. When he gave me that last gobble, I knew he was right there at that pasture. So I just, I slipped, you know, used the train, slipped up to it. Was able to get eyes on him before they, before they seen me. But uh, then up here in Iowa, it's just basically like we were doing back home. Just, you know, you hear a bird, 
go to instead of Kyle and it's, it's, it's working up here right now. So, well, we're going to drive back down to Northwest Missouri in the morning and, and try some public land up there. And hopefully the, hopefully the Missouri birds there are a little more cooperative than they, than they have been on the other side of the state. Adam, awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on for this week's short report. One of the last things I want to ask you about is, um, you know, what's a piece of advice you'd give to guys, especially maybe dealing in, in hunting in the part of the country that you're in, or maybe guys like, you know, myself and you yourself kind of coming from the southeast. You know, a lot of our seasons are kind of coming to a close throughout the southeast. If they do want to jump around to other states, you know, what kind of advice would you give them trying to go to one of these other states to extend their season? One thing I do, like when I come up to the Midwest and hunt, is I like to find I like to find a good vantage point, and you know, a good pair of binoculars up here is a must. You know, I even back home when I hunt back home, as thick as it is down there, if I leave the house and don't have my binoculars hanging around my neck in the morning, you know, I might as well I might as well leave my gun at home. I just feel naked without them. But find a vantage point, glass. You know, if you see birds out, just kind of watch them, see which way they're doing. You know. You know, if you, you know, them hunting apps now everybody's got, you know, they you know, they play a crucial role in turkey hunting now. But if you come to the Midwest, my first piece of advice would be to, to find a good vantage point and kinda of sit back and just just watch for a little while before you just, you know, go burning up the woods and, and kinda of get an idea where the birds are and the, how they're using the, the, the country up here 'cause it is a it's daylight and dark difference than you know what we hunt down there in the southeast so uh and then just you know enjoy the process you know and, and i had a friend tell me that opening morning of turkey season back home enjoy the process and i had never really thought about that until he told me and you know them words have been listed in my mind all, you know all year you know, we wait nine ten months out of the year for these these special few weeks that you know we get to chase these birds and you know just sit back soak it in and enjoy it i mean i've i've had a tremendous spring this year and, and memories that i that i carry with me from now on and hopefully we'll get to add a add a couple more to it but, uh, awesome just, you know and enjoy it exactly awesome adam uh, thanks again for coming on for this week's strut report best of luck to you guys while you go back down to missouri all right so i appreciate it. y'all have a good one all right, guys, and last on the line, we got Jeff Davis coming back on the podcast from South Carolina. Uh, kind of wrapped us up the season in South Carolina. Season's kind of coming to a close, especially for any of the public land hunters. Uh, but, Jeff, to kind of kick us off, what's the gobbling activity been like for you over the last week or so in South Carolina? Uh, if you can find them on the roost, they're gobbling, you know, hit the ground. Yesterday we got on two birds, like gobbling. It wasn't a lot. It was more shot gobbling on the limb, and then they gobbled the same thing on the ground. And we got on them in time enough. We got, I'd say we set up on them. Probably, I might have been in gun range when we set up. They were coming up a creek, a river bottom. We set up on a hill above them, and the bird came straight to us, stayed over the side of a ridge. He gobbled. After we started working him, he drummed the whole way up the hill. And he gobbled once to my left, and then we quit calling completely. And he stayed up on top and drummed for about 45 minutes, and of that, he gobbled once. So after that, we heard two gobbles, and we hunted till 5 o'clock yesterday afternoon. So it's bad. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, they gobble on the roost and then they hit the ground. I got another buddy that's usually done by now, and he he can't even find one to gobble. So it's bad. Let me ask, um, kind of throw a little curveball question there. Um, you know, at this point of the season, does scouting, like kind of mid-season, like when you've got like these kind of conditions, is that something they can play a factor trying to find the sign of where these turkeys are now at? And if, if they are quiet, you're just probably going to have to, you know, deer hunt them, you know, kind of blind call and, and kind of do some sets like that? Uh, we we tried that, and we find tracks and mud and stuff, and we'd set up on it. We caught a hen up yesterday. We walked up on a gobbler. He was up in some – the edge of a – he was up on a high ridge and in some wide open pines on the edge of the hardwoods. So, I mean, you could do that, but, I mean, I, I think they would gobble if you got close enough to them. You could get them to shot, at least shot gobble. I just keep moving. I mean, that's what we were doing yesterday. We covered, I think we did 12 miles yesterday. But Now, from what, you, what you've been experiencing, I, I want to ask you a little bit more about this, you know, kind of what you're experiencing at this point in the season. You know, are these turkeys, you're talking about they gobble a little bit on the roost and then, you know, they might shot gobble on the ground, but they're not really doing much. You know, are they hinned up right now? Or are they just kind of off by themselves to just really not being responsive to anything? The bird we got on yesterday, he, they went on, you know, he sat there for 45 minutes and drummed with us. He gobbled once up there on that hill. And the next time a turkey gobbled, we don't know if it was him. There was two more over there gobbling early. We walked that direction, got in the creek, and walked the creek to find tracks where they might have crossed the creek or anything. We found gobbler tracks, and there was two sets of hen tracks with it. So, apparently, they're still hen up. I'm a, I got a buddy that walked up on a nest the other day. It had two eggs. So, they're not they're not sitting yet. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I mean, you you. You still got buddy pairs of gobblers together because those two this, yesterday morning were definitely together. And there was two more down the river that was with him. Or two together down the river. So, but like tonight I went and sat and waited on them to come to roost. There were three of them together. I saw three across, you know, they're 100 yards across the creek, but they were 30 yards up the ridge and three of them walking to go to roost together. <laughs> it's odd. Now, the habitat that you're hunting in, you know, right now versus what it was, uh, you know, where the turkeys were at early season to now, you know, has much changed? I mean, are they still kind of down these river bottoms, these creek bottoms, or are you starting to find them kind of a little bit more all over the landscape out there? I'd say they're wondering. Those we got on, they, I'm sure they roost on that river every night. They always have. But we got them to come up that hill and then – all the sign you're seeing's up high, high ridges, real high ridges. And you're seeing a little bit going down towards the creek bottoms. We called the hen up in the creek bottom. But the creeks are, I mean, you got waist high grass and flowers and weeds, most creeks now. They're using it. There was turkey tracks down there, but the most sign you're seeing is they're scratching up in the hardwoods now. Now, I want to talk you about some ridges and yeah, so they're kind of they're up a little bit more in elevation. It seems like and that's kind of shifting. You know, one of the last times we had you on, uh, where you're still trying to find them down low. But 
one thing I want to ask about, especially given the conditions of this season and everything in South Carolina, you know, what's been working or what hasn't been working for you guys over the last week or two? Um, and, you know, with season going out on public land, at least in your area on Friday, you know, kind of what's the game plan to try to, you know, fill that tag uh, before the end of the season comes in? <laughs> I don't, I, nothing's working. I mean, I've had turkeys – like yesterday, that turkey was in, within 40 yards for an hour. Just can't see him. I've had that. I missed one. I walked up on three gobblers that morning. They'd always been there at 9 o'clock in the morning. Walk up on them at 7. They haven't been in there not one time before 9. Now, those turkeys, they all, they're all they hanging together. There's three gobblers hanging together. They're all on beards. So there's no hens, but they won't, you, they'll answer you. We worked them three or four days in a row way down a creek, and they would answer. And you just they wouldn't budge. And I don't know what works at this point. I don't know what I'm doing. I guess. <laughs> um. Now, this blind calling. I mean, all you got. Hey, we can't get them to go. Well, I gotta, you know, like I said, I got a buddy that's usually tagged out in a week, two weeks max. He ain't even killed one. Can't find one. Our numbers are down, though, because South Carolina put out their numbers this last week, and it's it's not good for public land. Well, man, that's, that is one sad way to end this straight report. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, South Carolina listeners, you know, Hopefully it's not like this for everybody, but if it is, man, uh, you know, I guess you're just putting in a lot of effort for the last few days of the season, uh, at least on public land. And, and you know, if you got private land, you know, got a few more days after that to, to try to try those spots. But kind of is what it is, you know, kind of what, whatever you're given and the opportunities, you know, on birds, just trying to make it happen. You know, that's a tough situation to be in. Uh, but, you know, Jeff, to kind of, you know, wrap us up and everything, you know, if you're a South Carolina listener right now, uh, listen to the podcast, uh, maybe they're in the same situation as you. Do you got any last piece of advice for them uh, to try to go out there, especially if they're, you know, guys hunting public land before season closes? Get out there as early as you can and listen, find one, go to it. I mean, it's at this point, that's all I know. I mean, they're not doing anything after fly down much. You got that hour window in the morning. If you can find find one goblin, you better go to him. And if you know where one's at, you better stick with him because there ain't a lot of people that knows where one's at right now. And, I mean, just enjoy it. It's almost over. You got two or three days left. Go out there and make the best of it. You kill them, you kill them. If you don't, you got another year to wait for it. Might as well enjoy it. Yep. Well, Jeff, thanks again for coming on this week's Strut Report. And uh, best of luck to you the last few days of your all season, okay? Well, thank you. All right, everybody, that wraps up this week's episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Strut Report. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it with a buddy. And, of course, like always, if you enjoy the podcast and you listen on iTunes or, po- or Apple Podcasts, please go over, leave us a five-star review, leave us a written review, and we'll read that on Monday's episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Other than that, y'all have a great week, and we'll see you back on the next episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman. And thank you to Blackberry Smoke for the music for the podcast. Also, to follow along with us, make sure you check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Southern Outdoorsman. Until next time, y'all stay Southern.
Y'all go ahead and write down the dates, June 28th through June the 30th. Go ahead and just mark those off your calendar so you can be at the Dalton Convention Center in Dalton, Georgia for the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard a a ton of content from that expo last year that we posted. Uh, We talked about it a ton. Look, if you're the kind of person that listens to this podcast, this show was literally made for you. It was literally designed for you, which means you're going to love it. You know, all the best companies in mobile hunting are going to be there. A lot of the best deer killers in the Southeast are going to be there. A lot of our past podcast guests are going to be there. It's just, it's going to be an incredible event. And hey, if you've been looking to either get into a saddle or maybe a mobile lock-on setup or just a different kind of tree stand setup, I'm telling you, it's worth the investment to go to this show because they're all going to be there and you, you will get to try all of them in person before you buy it. So you don't have to order something online and then wait for it and then try it when it comes in to see if you really like it. You're going to get to go put your hands on everything all in one day, test it all out and figure out exactly what works best for you and have it taken care of before deer season starts. So like I said, go ahead and put it on your calendar, guys. It's a no-brainer. You gotta be at the show. Again, it's Friday, June 28th through Sunday, June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. We absolutely cannot wait to meet you guys there and talk hunting. So we'll see you at the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo in Dalton, Georgia.